How to design your own prosthesis and turn the project into a bonding experience. From civil wars, whistleblower tactics, schematic drafting, and the finer points of Sith adoption, the essential how-to guide for the engineering Jedi. By Jack Daw Cry. Read by Sam Gabriel. Based on the works of George Lucas. Content warnings available in description. Chapter 3 It Will Scare You As Captain Firmus Piet hurried through the corridors of the Lady, all he could think was that this day had rapidly deteriorated from strange to bad and was getting worse by the minute. Making his way to the ship's hangars as fast as he could, he occasionally stumbled upon traces of his commanding officer's rampage across the ship, dazed crewmates propped up against the wall in more pieces than five-centimeter-thick durasteel had any business being, a conversation between the troopers manning an elevator station about how the gouges in the solid steel wall looked to be clawed in there, whispers shared between shaking crewmates about how his lordship had torn through the hallways like a storm, roaring and running at inhuman speeds. And everywhere there was an air of fear so thick that Piet almost wondered if it was a deliberate manifestation of their lord's ire, which should have sounded ridiculous, but frankly, he could hardly even tell anymore what was reasonable and what was not, ever since his superior had been off running and calmed him not eight minutes later from the other side of the ship, demanding to know where the medical team was. Eight minutes. These two words kept echoing through his head like a broken record. It had taken Lord Vader no more than eight minutes to traverse the distance from the top command deck to the engineer's workshop in the hangars, eight minutes to navigate his way through kilometers of hallways and corridors and drop several levels down. Not even the most efficient routes through the Lady using rush transport and priority elevators would allow someone to make that distance in just eight minutes, and judging by the trail of destruction left in his lordship's wake, he hadn't used any of it. Which means he ran. A tiny, terrified voice whispered in Piet's mind that left him clenching his jaw in a deliberate attempt to not pull all the numbers together for fear that it might result in a revelation he wouldn't be able to handle until he had a strong drink in front of him. A pity that his shift had only just started. Trying not to lose hope in the face of seven more hours of this, he refocused his efforts on reaching the hangar and praying to whomever was listening that the medical team would arrive before he did or he wouldn't put any credits on betting that he would survive Lord Vader's wrath this time around, not if it involved Lars, especially not if it involved an injured Lars. Which made him wonder why he was putting such haste behind arriving at the hangars in the first place when there was a very real possibility of his career ending very permanently the moment he arrived. But he had always been a poor liar when it came to himself. Lars was injured, and whatever had wounded the young man that had been drastic enough that Lord Vayner had somehow been able to pick up on it happening from across the Lady kilometers away, and it had resulted in him tearing a path of destruction through anything that stood in his way. It was clear that no matter what happened, Lars had been affected by it in a significant manner, and damn himself thrice to hell, but he cared about the young man's well-being, cared enough that he was now rushing towards a potentially lethal situation merely to see if there was anything to be done. He sighed after he had rattled off a destination to the troopers manning the rail station, walking towards his assigned car at a swift pace. Force, damn it all, but Veers was right when he said he was going soft for the young engineer. He just hoped it wouldn't cost him his knack. The rail car pulled out of the station and began hurtling across the rails toward his destination, the main hangar, now to hope that it wouldn't outpace the medical team. Feeling anxiety pull low in his stomach, 
pntfishdown.com, intent on getting another status update from the medical team currently making its way to the head engineer's workshop, much like he was. Reconnecting with his last registered call, the comm beeped twice before connecting. Captain, a voice crackled on over the line. I get that the shit is hit the fan, but I can only tell you the same thing we told you the last three times you called. We're on our way there, sir, and we can't perform miracles. Piet uncomfortably cleared his throat at the reminder, but his anxiety was demanding satisfaction, and where Lord Vader was concerned, one didn't take any chances. I am well aware of that minute kicks, but the fact remains that I was just contacted by Lord Vader inquiring after your status. He arrived at the workshop and located Engineer Lars all of a few minutes ago. Needless to say, he was highly displeased with the absence of medical personnel. Several curses were spat across the line, and Piet mentally echoed their sentiment. Did he give any indication of Lars's status? Kix briskly inquired. Any kind of hints as to what we need to prepare for? Piet pressed his lips together as he recalled Lord Vader's words. Nothing besides the fact that he found Engineer Lars in a state of severe injury, I'm afraid. A response which elicited another couple of hissed curses with a vehemency behind them that implied that the medic had a deeper insight into what his lordship would consider severe injuries than Piet did. He raised an eyebrow even as he knew it wouldn't be visible to the other man. I take it that means something to you, medic. It means, Kix growled out, that I'll have to order the Bacter tank ready for use. Hot truck! Well, that didn't sound particularly good. Piet sighed. Of course it didn't. That would have been a positive thing in this force-forsaken day, and we couldn't have that now, could we? Will you be arriving at the hangar shortly? He asked instead, determined to take on only the things he could handle, and that would be useful to him. Having information to give to Lord Vader, should he call again or should he arrive earlier than the medical team, was useful. Attempting to try and solve a medical issue without any kind of proper training was not. We're in the elevators now, heading for the lower levels and coming in for the emergency routes. Kix quickly rattled off. I estimate that our ETA is about another four minutes. Understood, Piet said seriously. I'll inform Lord Vader of such should I reach you before you do. Do that, Kix agreed swiftly. Minute kicks out. And with that, the calm line went dead once more. It left him no less anxious than before, but at least now he was armed with a bit of useful information that might give him a stay of execution should Lord Vader be at the end of his patience. Having checked and memorized the time on his calm, Piet stuffed the comm unit back in his pocket right as the rail car pulled into the next station. He got out of the car and almost immediately regretted it when he saw the sheer chaos swarming around him. Crewmates were sitting heavily on whatever surface they seemed to have been able to reach before their legs gave out, pale, wide-eyed, and clammy with fear. Various engineers were wrestling their way through the crowds, demanding to be let through and be allowed to do their jobs, damn it. Large groups of people who had that signature jittery disposition that spoke of a large adrenaline jolt that had yet to wear off and who were speaking excitedly to each other. It was out and out chaos. Breathing in deeply and regretting getting out of bed this morning, Piet shored up his composure and waded into the spooked masses, determined to get to his goal. Shouldering his way through several clusters of people in a manner that was not strictly polite, but certainly highly effective, he came up to the exit, only to find it blocked off by a line of stormtroopers with a clear no-nonsense disposition. "'What is the meaning of all this, Sergeant?' he asked, addressing the highest-ranking trooper amongst the lineup as he approached. The sergeant snapped off a quick salute as he promptly answered the inquiry. "'Sergeant Havoc, sir. Lord Vader smashed the grand gates of the main hangar to pieces, sir.' The trooper, Havoc, answered promptly, sounding far too blasé about that information. "'This jolted Duristy all over a large part of the hangar and the gearheads are currently busy themselves with assessing the damage and making sure his lordship is given a wide berth. We don't know what the cause of his wrath is, but they're not taking any chances.' "'Smashed? The Grand Gates? Duristy all chunks over the main hangar?' Piet breathed in deeply and granted himself the luxury of two seconds to compose himself and ignore all that information until such a time that he could process it. 
getting to his lordship and engineer lies was useful, a meltdown was not. The Grand Gates were wrecked, presumably beyond repair. Lord Vader had demolished the Grand Gates, presumably to get to Lars just that much faster. Lord Vader was now with Lars, presumably... He cut off that thought before it spiraled any further. Now was not the time, and probably wouldn't be for a while. Piet breathed in deep once more and refocused. Two seconds, nothing more, nothing less. Gates, the Grand Gates, they were now in pieces, and it would be a hell of a task to either repair or replace them, but that was for later. Right now, he just needed to get through them. Thank you for the information, Sergeant, he replied evenly, his mind settling into that particular calm that was so far past any kind of emotion, a gray, misty indifference to panic, shock, and stress, where what seemed like hour-long contemplations could be made in mere snapshot moments. I must ask that you let me pause. Lord Vayner gave me orders, and I intend to carry them out. Understood, sir. Havoc acknowledged without hesitation. He tapped the communicator on his arm. All right, lads. I'm letting Captain Piet through here. He's under orders from his lordship, so keep out of his way. Got it? Piet was unable to hear the reply given to Havoc, but he straightened out shortly enough and gave him a short nod. All clear, sir. Do be careful, though. His lordship is in a right fail mood at the moment. He snorted softly. Thank you, Sergeant, but believe me when I say that I was already well aware of that. A thought occurred to him as he was about to end the conversation, and he nearly smacked himself for almost allowing that oversight to occur. There was also a medical team in its way, if it hasn't already arrived. They are not to be obstructed or otherwise inconvenienced, he informed the sergeant, tone brokering no argument. Lord Vader ordered for their presence, and is already displeased with their timing to not delay them any further, for all our sakes. The sergeant nodded sharply. Duly noted, sir. I'll see to it that they're not bothered, and good luck. With that, Havoc stepped aside to let him through, and Piet wasted no further time, heading right past the sergeant and into the adjacent causeway leading to the main hangar. Turning a corner, he had exactly two thoughts before the full impact of the situation hit him. The first was how much more open and brighter the area looked, with the two fifty-meter-tall doors no longer there blocking the light. The second was that the fifty-meter-tall doors were no longer there. Staring flabbergasted at the gaping opening that was once the largest set of gates ever created for a starship's interior, Piet didn't know what he had expected when the sergeant told him that Lord Vader had wrecked the Grand Gates, but it sure as hell wasn't this. The great, gaping, jagged hole that looked more akin to a punched-through piece of paper than a blast-resistant wall made of solid durasteel several meters thick. Great reams of durasteel curled outwards like ragged leaves in an almost elegant manner if it weren't for the fact that it was durasteel. The air still glittered with unsettled metallic dust, and it was on pure autopilot that Piet was able to pull out a handkerchief to cover his nose and mouth. This was madness. And Lord Vader had done this. He shuddered. For once he was grateful of the fact that he wasn't an engineer with the knowledge necessary to calculate the sheer power needed to achieve a result like this. He still needed to be able to face Lord Vader without swallowing his own tongue in fear, thank you very much. Readjusting his handkerchief and courage, he set a brisk pace forward to the now-ruined gates. As the sergeant had said, debris and rubble littered the ground of the hangar. What he had failed to mention, however, was that the majority of said debris was easily the size of a TIE fighter cockpit, and now rested in minor craters where they had impacted the floor, leaving a landscape eerily reminiscent of that of a low-atmosphere moon, if said moon consisted for the majority of high-grade durasteel, that is. Shivering at the sight, Piet resolved not to think too hard about it as he strode through the pockmarked entrance. He had a job to do, and damn if a mere power display was going to dissuade him from it, even if it was, quite frankly, a terrifying display. Dodging his way around various engineers, troopers, and masses of durasteel the size of boulders, he hurried through the final stretch of his journey. The main hangar's size had never seemed so insurmountable, and yet so small at the same time. 
It was likely the fact that it was all the distance standing between him, Lord Vader, and an injured Lars, Piet decided bleakly, but at the same time the universe seemed far too determined to test his nerves in every way possible. Turning a corner around one of the dry-docked ships, he looked over to where the corridor to the workshop was and... Oh, thank whatever deities are listening, he thought silently as his shoulders slumped with relief. The medical team had arrived before him. Ten medtech personnel were swarming around the entrance of the dreaded corridor, now with barely functional lighting and deep gouges along the sides, something which could likely be attributed to Lord Vader's rage, unloading a hover stretcher from the modified onboard ambulance, others loading up on first aid packs and clearly intending to head over to the station he had just left. Menic Kix was barking out orders, both at his men and into a calm, and surveying the unfolding operation with a steely glint in his eyes. Feeling several weights lift off of his shoulder, Piet slowed his pace as he approached the ball of swarming activity, taking care to approach in such a way that wouldn't hinder the medics from doing their jobs. Kix noticed his approach and held up a hand before Stalini inquiries while he rattled off the final few orders into his comm unit. Untrained though he was in medical procedures, even Piet could tell it was hardly a good sign when orders for preparations for surgery and skin crafts were made. And add that to the clone's earlier comment about needing to prepare a back to tank, what the hell had happened here? He didn't have any time to dwell on it, though, as Kix swiftly finished instructing the med techs on the other end of the line and turned over to Piet with a nod. Captain, he greeted with something of a wry grin, looks like we're paced you yet, sir. Piet let out a shuddering breath that was almost a laugh, permitting himself this one show of relief. That you did, Minute Kicks, and I must say I'm rather grateful for that fact as well. The clone made a low noise in the back of his throat and nodded in agreement before turning his gaze back on the corridor, and Piet noted with surprise that the medics not making their way to the station were taking up the exact same position, eyes fixated on the corridor, their bodies tensed for action and ready to spring at a moment's notice, but not one was actually making the move towards the workshop itself. He furrowed his brow in confusion for a moment before he felt it, that distinct chill in the air and then, barely a moment later, the distinctive cycling of a respirator. The sound made something in Piet's hindbrain freeze like a deer caught in headlights and scream at him to run, run now, before it was too late. But he'd made suppressing such instincts into an art form in his time spent serving under Lord Vader and remained firmly in place as the sound of heavy footsteps rapidly closed in. His eyes strained to see through the broken and occasionally flickering lights of the corridor, and as much as he tried, he didn't notice the figure of Lord Vader emerging from the gloom until the black specter was nearly at the entrance of the corridor already. He didn't startle when the towering form of his commander became visible, but it was a near thing. Head angled low, the mask looked like it was glaring darkly at them, and a dripping noise that Piet dreaded to know the source of became apparent underneath the sound of the respirator. None of that was enough to distract from the limp body his lordship held cradled against his chest, nearly entirely obscured by black fabric. Lars. Piet's eyes widened as he rapidly took in all details he could see. The young man was clearly in a deep state of unconsciousness, and judging by the mantle securely wrapped around him, he had lost a great deal of blood if his lordship had felt it necessary to keep Lars warm in that manner. He could also finally see the source of the persistent dripping noise. A dark liquid that had to be blood trickled sluggishly from the tattered edges of the mantle, marking the trail Lord Vader had walked in a gruesome manner. What the entire fresh hell had happened here? Between one step and the next, the fold of fabric covering up Lars's face fell away, and it was only the years of practice in keeping his expression blank that allowed Piet to keep his face devoid of the sheer horror and revulsion he felt when he finally caught sight of the young man's face beyond a slight widening of his eyes. Burnt and blackened, Piet could tell even from this distance that the medtechs had a long task ahead of them if they were to get Lars back into shape. Dear Forrest, the boy looked more like an oven accident than the cheerful and passionate young man he normally was, 
This... what? How? All those questions raced through his mind, but he rapidly relegated them to a back burner as Lord Vader stalked over to them with long strides and clear intent. Whether that intent was to get Lars the medical attention he so clearly needed or to strangle them all was frightfully difficult to discern. Medic Kicks, however, seemed to have no such issue. My lord, the clone acknowledged with a clipped tone as he clearly took in Lars's appearance, pursing his lips as his eyes landed on the trail of blood seeping out from under the protective covering of his lordship's heavy mantle. Lay him out on the stretcher, and we'll get him to the operating room, he ordered easily. Not a trace of anything but professionalism and determination of a veteran in his voice. What took you so long? Lord Vader growled back, even as he, to be at surprise, easily followed the medic's orders, striding over to the aforementioned stretcher with Lars still tucked securely against his chest. Medic kicks, in a move that made Piet question the sanity of the man, scoffed even as he stepped in to help the Lord lower his precious cargo onto the stretcher with extraordinary care. Unlike you, sir, we hardly have the capability to perform miracles, he muttered lowly. We came as fast as we could, probably even faster. If Lord Vader drew any issue with that statement, he didn't let it show beyond a low sound that emanated from his vocoder, allowing the medic to gently cradle Lars's head in his hands. As he lowered the rest of the young man's body onto the stretcher, the mantle falling away in the process fold by fold, and Piet immediately wished it hadn't. Staring numbly at the bloody stump that the Dark Lord carefully laid by Lars's right side, he wondered in what world it would be considered fair that Luke Lars, a boy who some of the crewmates had begun referring to as the Lady's Son, and more quietly when they thought no one could hear the Shadow's temperance or conscience, depending on how close they felt like skating the line of insubordination, would lose a limb. Clenching his hand into a fist and digging his nails into his palm, Piet gritted his teeth against the heart-wrenching sight of a young man, a boy, his mind whispered, marked by such a grievous injury. This wasn't supposed to happen, he thought numbly, not aboard the lady, not to someone like Lars, who'd never even signed on for a combat position. There were protocols in place to prevent these kinds of things, protocols and rules and common fucking sense, and, and none of that mattered, no? Not anymore. He sighed, sadness welling up inside of him, and unclenched his hand. The world resumed with only two seconds lost. Medic Kicks hissed quietly as he caught sight of the grievous injury, and immediately began barking out orders for someone to get him a tourniquet and pressure bandage. A flurry of activity whirled around the stretcher, but throughout it all, Piet noticed that Lord Vader never so much as twitched as he loomed over Lars's unconscious body. A silent sentinel keeping watch over its charge, Piet thought half hysterically. Gaze fixated on the utterly alien and yet utterly natural sight of his ruthless commander standing guard over an unconscious Lars like the galaxy's most terrifying. There was absolutely no way to finish that thought that was in any way acceptable, Piet rapidly concluded, shutting it down with extreme prejudice. Not if Lord Vader somehow happened to catch wind of it, and with what the man could even call his commander a man anymore, with what he had just demonstrated himself being capable of, had just done. He felt far from comfortable in excluding such a possibility from the realm of reality. Swallowing minutely, he kept an eye on Lord Vader as the med techs rushed around them, readying Lars for his rapid trip to the medical wing as quickly as possible. Still standing statue-like over Lars, the man only moved when medic kicks carefully pushed him out of the way to get a better angle on Lars and the IV he had to insert. In a move utterly uncharacteristic of the man, Lord Vader went easily with the clone's manhandling and stepped aside as kicks focused entirely on his patient which unfortunately meant the Dark Lord was heading directly for Piet. Keeping his silence as the Black Spectre took up position next to him, Piet tried to gauge his superior's mood. 
only to find his usual methods entirely useless, as the man's entire focus was still solely fixated on Lars. Only one way to find out, then. My lord, he asked carefully, hesitant to break the dark behemoth out of his contemplation and yet desperate for some answers about this whole insanity, when he received a minute incline of the lord's mask and somehow felt his lordship's attention split in two, he continued with all prudent hesitation. My lord, he repeated, what in the world happened here? The question hung in the air, where it felt like it was only moments away from being struck down, but Lord Vader merely dipped his head further as a low growl rattled out of his vocoder. That, Captain, he hissed quietly, I would like to know as well. What? My lord? He asked quietly. Lord Vader's mask tilted over lightly to face him, but the air around him betrayed the idle gesture for what it truly was. I found Engineer Lars in the 3D printer room, Lord Vader summarized in a clipped tone, each syllable rife with something restrained and furious as he ground out the words. And there are signs that it has been heavily ravaged by fire and a great concussive force. My estimate for the cause of such a state would be a dust explosion. Regardless of the fact, or, well, perhaps more of a hope, that he knew the anger wasn't directed at him, the sheer fact that an absolutely furious Lord Vader was standing next to him was doing next to nothing to benefit Piet's nerves. Thank the Force that he'd learned how to carry on even with them all shot to the void. A dust explosion, my lord, he asked, sounding much calmer than the alarm bells ringing inside him. You'll have to forgive my ignorance, but how could such a thing occur inside the workshop? As far as he was aware, dust explosions generally required a great deal of, well, dust to occur, far more than what was generally present within the air, and certainly more than was present within the religiously cleaned workshop, courtesy of a small army of mouse droids. The 3D printers, Lord Vader answered bluntly, make use of a fine metal powder to print out objects, powder that is fused together with a high-powered laser which can, in a moment, turn into the ignition. Arms crossed over hard plastic and the air shifted to something dark and heavy. However, he rumbled out, engineers are more than aware of that risk, and thus fail-safes are built in to prevent these kinds of catastrophes, which means, the Dark Lord hissed out, that they were either disabled or defective, neither of which would have happened without the safety protocols on the devices activating. Piet clenched his hands into fists as he caught where Lord Vader's train of thought had led, if what his commander said was true. A moment of silence stretched between the two men before the black mask turned back to face Lars. Something happened here, Captain, the vocaler growled out darkly. Something that should not have. And I will find out what caused it. That last statement was said with enough force that Piet, for a moment, could picture the sheer rampage the Lord might go on to find out what had harmed his... And then the moment was over, two seconds consigned to the past, and he furrowed his brow as he shortly inclined his head. May I ask how, my lord? It was a redundant question, obviously, but he had played this part before and knew his role in this exchange well. They had succeeded in every single endeavor that had come before. This time would be no different. And Lord Vader seems to realize he knew, too as he tilted his mask a full quarter towards Piet, likely making it somewhat difficult to keep a continuous eye on Lars. The key word being likely, he no longer felt comfortable saying with certainty what his commander was and was not capable of. 
An investigation, Captain Piet. The Volcator rumbled darkly, the tone giving the familiar call and response a twist that sent shivers down Piet's spine. I want this incident to be the first and the last of its kind. Before he could answer or affirm that statement, Piet was interrupted by the familiar brusque tone that had been steadily giving out orders in the background. Good plan, Kick said as he walked up to the both of them. Great plan, and I'll get to carry it out after you've been to medical, my lord, he informed them bluntly, erring just on the side of respect. A rumble made itself known within the vocoder. I am fine, Kicks, Lord Vader dismissed, but, and Piet noted that he would likely later point out this moment as to when he finally lost his last ever funk to give, Kick scoffed carelessly as he interrupted the lord with a flat look. "'My lord,' the medic said, dry as dust, "'I could see you bleeding through your suit.' Quietly glancing downwards, Piet was surprised to indeed notice gashes and patches where the thick suit had completely worn away under the abuse it had been subjected to. With the whole right side looking like it had been subjected to an industrial sandpaper burnisher, he could see dark blood slowly trickling out dozens of tears and small rivulets that stained the remains of the suit with a sticky shine. Piet blinked owlishly at them. How the hell hadn't he noticed that before? Lord Vader seemed to be in something of a similar predicament as he examined his own suit. A rare flash of surprise looked like it manifested itself in the Dark Lord as he saw the gashes along the suit, but it could just as easily have been a trick of the light when his lordship's demeanor took on an air of utter indifference in a moment's time. It is of no concern, he stated, indeed looking wholly unbothered by his injuries. There are important matters to tend, sir. Kix interrupted flatly. Nida bear is Goran. And whatever that meant, stopped Lord Vader dead in his tracks. His full attention shifting over to Kix with a snap and an intensity that was, frankly speaking, unsettling, and it made Piet nearly back up a step. Medic Kix, however, in a move that spoke of either madness, courage, or mad courage, merely raised an impassive eyebrow at the Dark Lord as he mirrored the aforementioned man's pose by crossing his arms. Please make this easy, and accompany us to medical, sir. If you would. It was anything but a question. Which Lord Vader, contrary to all that P had come to expect of him, also seemed resigned to. A burst of static flitted through the air, and before he could begin to decipher what it could possibly mean, Vader nodded. Very well, Kicks, you have made your point, he acquiesced with more grace than Piet had expected, but that thought flew out the airlock when the red lenses turned instead to fix it onto him. Straightening up to full attention, Piet anticipated the orders that he had a strong suspicion were about to follow. Captain Piet, Vader addressed him with a curt dip of his head. Considering it is being insisted upon that I submit myself to a medical examination, I leave the investigation in your hands. Find out the cause of this incident and report back to me. If you need assistance or further information, I would recommend contacting Engineer Livon. They will have the necessary technical information. Is this clear? As if he even needed to ask, Piet nodded firmly and saluted sharply. Yes, my lord. It will be done. The red lenses remained fixed on him for a long moment before dipping into a nod. Very well, Captain. You have my full authorization to carry out any actions you deem necessary to further your investigation. May the Force be with you. And it may have just been the stress, Piet reflected. It may have just been his own mind tricking itself. But as Lord Vader spoke those words for a moment, and just one moment... He could feel a warmth and strength suffuse him that spoke of something more than just the faith that had been bestowed upon him. Stepping back as the commotion around them began to pick up once more, Piet watched as Lord Vader strode over to the ambulance that Lars's stretcher had already been loaded into and ducked inside, accompanied by medic kicks. 
The sight of his towering commander attempting to fit into a standard-sized onboard ambulance would have been at the very least highly humorous if it wasn't for whom the image concerned, and the current circumstances. Catching one last glance of Lars laid out in a stretcher, various tubes sticking out of the young man's battered and broken body, while an oxygen mask covered up his burned face, Piet watched as the doors of the ambulance containing both his official and unofficial superior slid shut with a bang. The piercing sound of the sirens blared out of the speakers as the vehicle peeled away from the cursed hallway and began to build up speed at a rapid pace. Within seconds it had disappeared from sight, and the sirens faded away as they headed for the elevator station. Piet sighed deeply and let some of the built-up stress bleed out of his shoulders. That had gone better than expected, if he was completely honest with himself. He had expected more carnage from this meeting after seeing what the Dark Lord had done to the Grand Gates, but it seemed like even when in a state of deep unconsciousness, Lars's influence on his lordship held up, which was frightening on its own, but not something he feasibly could or even really wanted to do anything about, so he dismissed the thought. For now he had far more important matters to attend to. Sighing, he readjusted his already ruffled uniform that was still mildly glittering on the shoulders with metallic dust and turned back into the hangar. If he was going to head an investigation as to what had so grievously harmed the young head engineer, he was going to need assistance. Engineer Livon. Admittedly, Piet hadn't interacted much with the man in the relatively short time they had been head of the engineering corps, the engineer wisely choosing to stay as far out of the way of general command as possible and preferring to give reports digitally or through proxy. Then Lars had come aboard and the whole point was moot anyway. With the cheerful young man taking over the duties that required interaction with the upper ranks, he hummed low in his throat. The fact that he would now be working with the man of the investigation would be interesting, to say the least. Marching back through the hangar, he located the nearest squad of engineers taking stock of the thoroughly wrecked hangar, and even from a distance he could hear the muttering amongst them as they attempted to make sense of what had just happened. Upon the interruption, he said easily as he approached the group of them working, returning their sharp salutes as he made his way over. But I'm under orders to locate Engineer Livon. Could you point me in their direction? The engineers gave each other short glances before one of them stepped forward, a clone with a short, shorn haircut and a tattoo featuring three interlocking gears stepped forward. Sure thing, sir, he greeted easily. Name's Gearbox. Larvin's probably near the Grand Gates. Oh, well, he interrupted himself with a rueful grin. What were the Grand Gates? They'll be taking stock of the damage to the systems and giving out orders. Tall guy, very dark skin. Crew cut curls and a big-ass scar along their jaw. You know the drill, right? The clone gearbox rattled off easily while jabbing a thumb in the general direction of the hole that once were the Grand Gates. Piet was about to thank the engineer when the man held up a hand to forestall him. One more thing, sir, he said while pulling a clear plastic-steel full-face respirator from his belt. You want to wear this? Heavy metals in the air are no one's friend, and that piece of cloth you've got won't do much to protect your eyes. He handed the respirator over to Piet, and with a bit of fiddling, he managed to fit the contraption over his face to the point that gearbox nodded in satisfaction. Man, that'll do, sir. Like I said, Grand Gate's barking out orders the whole shebang, he repeated easily, crossing his arms. Just return the respirators to the armory when you're done with this, sir. Adjusting the unwieldy steel over his face to sit comfortably, he nodded towards Gearbox and said, Will do, Engineer Gearbox, thank you. The clone waved him off irreverently, and Piet would be irked by his careless attitude if it weren't for the situation. Intercore deference could wait in the face of the devastation Lord Vayner had wrought. Making his way past the chunks of debris where the engineers were assessing the damage, Piet headed straight for the ex-Grand Gates. The closer he came to the entrance, the more engineers he noticed with respirators on, working to take measurements and samples. No longer occupied with getting to his destination as soon as humanly possible and managing the fear of strangulation somewhere in the back of his mind, Piet could now fully observe just how much the main hangar resembled a war zone. 
The air was still thick with metallic dust that covered everything, including himself, he noted irritably. He'd have to switch out his uniform during his lunch break, in a fine, shimmering layer of dust. Engineers in various state of hazard gear were looking over the utterly ruined frame of the Grand Gates, depowering the still-sparking electric wires and patching the burst coolant lines. Heavy machinery roared as it sucked in huge quantities of air, presumably to filter out the hazardous material as soon as possible, and in the middle of it all stood a man on top of a particularly large fragment of durasteel, surveying the ongoing work. Squinting his eyes to see through the mist of powdered metal and general dust, Piet took in the man's appearance. Tall, definitely taller than he was, with a handful of curls that had turned nearly white with the amount of powder that had gathered in them, and when they turned their head, the glare of the respirator's mask abated just enough to see a dark face and the edges of what seems to be a scar. Engineer Livon, he called out as he approached the man. Said man looked towards him the moment he called out the name, taking in his appearance and saluting sharply once their eyes landed on the bars pinned to his chest. Saluting back promptly, Piet watched as the engineer jumped off of their perch and headed for him. Captain Piet, sir, they greeted. What can I do for you? As you may or may not have noticed, Engineer Livon, Lord Vader was in something of a haste when he came through here. Piet began dryly, the other man snorting and muttering something under their breath that sounded a lot like the word understatement. Indeed, he agreed easily. But are you aware of the reason for it? he asked, raising an eyebrow and keeping a careful eye on his immediate surroundings. He had no doubt that the knowledge of Lars's admittance to the medical wing would be widespread before the day was out, but it wouldn't do to spread the rumors before a proper narrative had been found. For their part, Livon furrowed their brow as they slowly nodded their head, hesitation clear on their face. The fire alarm in Lars's workshop went off just a bit earlier, and I was on my way there with a few others when Lord Vader, well, burst through. They made a low burring sound of contemplation in their throat. We'd assumed the damage was minimal, but if Lord Vader's actions are the result of an ambulance or anything to go off of, then— They trailed off, uncertainty clear in their voice as they looked at Piet with a clear question and worry in their eyes. He sighed deeply. Engineer Lars was found unconscious in the 3D printing room, according to Lord Vader, he revealed, before deciding to simply rip the band-aid off. He had suffered a great deal of blood loss, third-degree burns in multiple places as far as I could see, and— He swallowed uncomfortably, before forcing the words out regardless. And the loss of a limb— a strangled sound cut through the air, Livan visibly flinching backwards at the words, What? Luke? Is currently being transported for surgery and back to immersion last I saw him. He assured the engineer as best he could. Lord Vader is with him, as he sustained injuries of his own in his quest to locate Engineer Lars as quickly as possible. He left me with a set of orders and instructions to find you, Engineer Livon. No response came from the other man, amber eyes wide with shock behind the respirator's plaster steel. Engineer Livon? He asked carefully. I realize this is a shock, so if you need— No! came the immediate interruption, and though Piet felt somewhat surprised at the vehemence behind it, he thought it likely that he didn't even look half as surprised as live on themselves. The man shook their head briefly before meeting Piet's gaze again. I—no, I'm—am—will be—fine. They breathed in deeply before nodding to themselves. What is it you came to ask, Captain Piet? they asked, sounding just a bit too hollow. Aside from delivering this horrific news, that is. Piet pursed his lips in sympathy as he took in the appearance of the other man. The dust in their hair made them look ancient instead of the relative youth their face showed them to still have, though you wouldn't guess it by the look in their eyes. Lord Vader instructed me to spearhead an investigation into the incident in his absence, he revealed quietly. I ensured that it is, and I quote, the first and last of its kind. He shifted his stance slightly as he looked live on straight in the eyes. To that end, I was advised to recruit you, Engineer Livon, to assist me in the areas of the investigation that concern knowledge that I do not possess, such as engineering. 
Thyvon looked at him for a moment before nodding slowly. I see. They audibly sucked in a deep breath and nodded once more. I am, of course, at your service, Captain. And then much more certain and with steel lazing their voice. When do we begin? Considering the matter it concerns, Piet asked with a raised eyebrow. As soon as possible. I believe it best for our continued health not to delay any more than necessary. Livon crossed their arms and tapped their bicep thoughtfully, eyes fixed at some point above Piet's head. I agree, of course, but I have to ask that we do delay at least until tomorrow, sir. They lowered their gaze back down and met Piet's evenly. As in case you're unaware, sir, you must know that the engineering corps has received a rather sudden influx of task to complete post-haste, they noted dryly. Allowing a wry smile to stretch across his face, Piet nodded in acquiescence. Granted. Though if that is the case, I must ask that you station someone at the entrance to the workshop to ensure that no one disturbs the scene. Lavin frowned for a moment. I could just order the doors locked. Uh, they cut themselves off, their eyes closing with a sigh as the realization visibly set in. Right, never mind. Note to self. Add the workshop's blast door to the repair list. Piet grimaced in sympathy but didn't contradict them. I shall see you tomorrow, then, Engineer Lavon, he offered instead. The man nodded absently as they pulled a hand through their hair, grimacing in disgust when it came back pale with dust and powdered metal. Yes, sir, I'll be there, they agreed as they wiped their hand on their overalls. Though I do suggest you borrow a pair of overalls for the investigation itself, sir, they added with a thoughtful glance at Piet's uniform, or at the very least not your best uniform set. There is really no telling what kind of state the printer room will be in, and I doubt you want to wander the lady with various assorted stains on your uniform. Well, there was a good point if Piet had ever heard one. Noted, engineer. He agreed evenly. I will meet you at the workshop entrance tomorrow at 0900 hours of the dot. Until then, he glanced around the main hangar with a sympathetic eye on the sheer extent of the organized chaos taking place, wincing as he saw several engineers attempt to remove a dangling piece of wrecked durasteel from the gate's frame and fail. I wish you good luck. Live unmatched his grimace with an equal one of their own. Thank you, sir, they said, before turning back to him with steel in their eyes and a smile that showed just a little too many teeth to be friendly. Regardless of circumstance, however. It will be a pleasure to work with you, Captain Piet. Their eyes flashed dangerously for a moment. And hopefully, they said significantly, the hunt will favor us both. And just like that, Piet knew that he'd enjoy working with Engineer Lavon. Returning the smile with a bland inoffensiveness that he knew his eyes belied, he inclined his head in agreement, watching Lavon's smile widen even further out of the corner of his eye. I believe, Engineer Lavon, he noted idly, turning back to the carnage around them, that this is the beginning of a rather extraordinary partnership indeed. The text of this story is available on AO3. Theme music written by Jack Donkrai, Sputnik, and Sam Gabriel. If you would like to commission me to record a story, voiceover, or character, please get in touch with me using the contact information on my website, which is located at samgabrielvo.com. And there you can find other stories that I've read, as well as links to my Patreon page, to which I hope you will consider subscribing to support me, and my Discord server, where I record things live for your enjoyment. And finally, as always, thank you for listening.